You are listening to the VBAC Link Podcast, episode number 50. Today, we are talking with Jen, who prepared for a VBAC, but ended up with a repeat C-section because her baby was transverse. Now, guys, remember back in episode 40, we shared Janine's story, and we want to start making this more regular thing where we share cesarean stories because the reality is... You know, 80 to 90% of women who try for a VBAC are going to be successful, but there's that other 10%. And sometimes you can prepare perfectly and do everything right. And like, if you could see me, I'm doing little quotations with my fingers, do everything right and still end up with a repeat C-section. And so we want to start sharing stories like that so that we can help people who have that experience or had that experience and know that, you know, VBAC after two C-sections, three C-sections, even four C-sections we've had on the podcast is possible. But before we get into the story, Megan has our review of the week. Okay, so this week's review is from Bethany, and she left her review on Facebook, and she says, This podcast is absolutely changing my life. My home birth turned cesarean and ICU stay has left me in place where I need to hear these stories. Thank you so much, Bethany, for leaving us that review. It really, seriously, you guys, we know, I know we say it a lot, but it really (laughs) means a lot to us and it makes us smile and we love hearing that we are out there changing your lives. (laughs) Absolutely. And if you have a second to make our day Getting these reviews really makes our day. And so if you have a second, you can just hit the pause button and head over to Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're listening on and give us a rating and leave us a review. If you don't know how to do that, go to the main page of the podcast, scroll all the way down to the bottom. There's five stars. Click it and it will give you a chance to to leave us a rating. And they really do make our day. It's like super validating. They do. And we are (laughs) going to be reading them on the podcast. So if you wouldn't mind leaving us a review, you're you may be the next one on the podcast. Absolutely. You are tuned in to the VBAC Link podcast with Julie Francom and Megan Heaton, VBAC moms, doulas, and educators here to help you get inspired for birth after having a C-section. Together, they have created a robust VBAC preparation course along with this uplifting podcast for women who are preparing for their VBAC. Although these episodes are VBAC specific, they encourage all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a cesarean from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan. All right. Yes, yes, yes. We are here today with our friend Jen. And let me tell you a little bit about Jen. If there was ever a woman of strength, Jen is like the perfect picture of a strong woman. We connected on Instagram. I'm not even sure exactly how we got connected to each other, but um, I might have been stalking hashtags because I have been known to do that every (laughs) once in a while. And she, we connected with her right at the end of her pregnancy. And she was, you know, she was having some struggles and we were able to talk to her and connect with her and really uh, reach her when she was in some vulnerable moments right before her baby was born. And we are so excited to hear her story today. And then after her story, we're going to share some tips about 
what you can do to help make sure that your baby is in optimal position before labor begins. So Jen, would you like to introduce yourself and share your story with us? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm really excited. I'm kind of nervous too, but we're going to go with it. (laughs) Don't be nervous. Yes. (laughs) So yeah, I'm Jen. Um, I live in Massachusetts with my husband and our now two kids, which is still weird for me to say. Um, (laughs) We have a two and a half year old daughter named Isley and our son uh, Lucas is five weeks old. Um, Mm. So it's all been very new and exciting and I'm very much still in the process of what the heck am I doing? This is this crazy idea kind of, you know, <laughs> things are going <laughs> We've crazy, totally so been there. Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess to start off, I like every story really with a VBAC story um, or a VBAC attempt story, there's a primary cesarean story. So really briefly, when I was pregnant with my daughter, um, so two and a half years ago, it was my first pregnancy. Um, we were able to conceive pretty uh, very quickly, actually, and it was a blessing. But I've struggled with anxiety and depression a lot in my past, so it kind of crept in, a, crept in in a way that I wasn't expecting, and I basically was super anxious that entire pregnancy. So I literally could not enjoy anything about the pregnancy. I was, like, always afraid of, um, of miscarriage and then of, of other things happening, down the line, and I was just mm-hmm. a wreck the whole time. Um, I was not in a positive headspace at all regarding, you know, pregnancy. I didn't trust my body. I didn't trust, you know, anything, really. I was convinced something would happen that wouldn't be good. So that kind of led essentially to the decisions that led to me getting my first C-section because when I, you know, I was just so anxious the whole time that I couldn't even think about, you know, what kind of birth I wanted. It was just, I just wanted a healthy baby. I just wanted the baby to be here and alive and, you know, in my arms. So I didn't think that the birth really mattered, um, which is interesting. But I, I didn't think that at the time, I would probably say. But I ended up going, you know, full term. So I was 40 days and one, 40 days, <laughs> that'd be great. 40, <laughs> 40 weeks and one day. And I went for my checkup. And I had um, my, I was seeing an OB. I should mention that too. Um, Another thing I want to quickly say is we actually moved. So halfway through my pregnancy, actually. So I switched providers to one that I've been, you know, referred to. And my, the provider that I chose is, you know, was very calming, very kind. So I, I trusted him a lot. And I think he was a good match for that pregnancy. But that comes into play a little bit later. But so he at 40 weeks in one day, I went in for my checkup thinking, okay, you know, here's like, I just want labor to start. I was completely freaking out. Just like, why isn't labor starting? I'm huge. It was the middle of July. So I was literally the heat wave of 95 degrees every single day. I was just Mm. miserable. Um, But long story short, I went in, turns out that my baby was not head down at the time and was doing flips in my belly at 40 weeks pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, he was literally saying, oh, I can see him, her moving. Like, oh, now she's breached. Now she's transverse. Oh, my God. Oh, my like, oh, that's <laughs> so 40 weeks? Wow. Yeah. 
Like, literally, I was watching her on the ultrasound, and he's like, oh, this is interesting. And that's all he said. And I was like, is it interesting? Like, are you kidding? So, of course, I was like, maybe you have a lot of fluids. So, of course, I went back, and because, unfortunately, I had a massive Googling problem when I was pregnant. I Googled everything. Terrible idea. <laughs> and so I was Googling polyhydramin how do you say it yeah polyhydramin you met every yeah Yeah. (laughs) too much fluid um exactly (laughs) and i thought oh that's what it is and of course if you google that then there's all these horror stories so i was completely Mm -hmm. freaking out so we went back on monday for like a follow-up ultrasound because and i wanted that for some reason and then i was 40 weeks and three or four days and basically he said we can either um, induce you or we can get you scheduled for a c-section and obviously i was like i don't want a c-section because that's all i knew i just didn't want a c-section so yeah. he was like well why don't we try and induce you so we scheduled an induction at 41 weeks which was that thursday so on i told i went and i was like okay let's do this so of course i and that to me, that's the first mistake that I made. Obviously, it's hard not to do the what-if game. But for mm-hmm. me, I, I look back and I'm like, oh, why? But long story short, we got, we, you know, we had an 8 a.m. induction date on that Thursday morning. And he said, okay, if the baby isn't head down, we can try and do an ECV, turn the baby, and then we'll just induce you right away. Mm-hmm. So we got to the hospital and my baby was head down, um, which was amazing we've been praying about it we've been yeah. trying to pray for it so i was so excited and i was like oh wow that's no birth gonna happen and so then they brought me you know we stayed in triage for a few hours and then eventually got a room and they started the pitocin at 11 i think it was around 11 30 in the morning and i had so much fluid that i literally they, they were starting the, the contraction, the Pitocin, and I could not feel anything. I just couldn't feel a thing. So Wow. Um, for like six hours. <laughs> and I was oh like, goodness. oh, this is great. I totally got this. Like, <laughs> labor, whatever. And, you know, they were doing it every, they were coming every five minutes, et cetera. So at 5.30, my OB comes in and goes, well, why don't we break your water? So he broke my water. And he put my, and he put internal monitoring in me because he had to, you know, make sure that the head was where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. And of course, when that happened, I got horrible contractions because the water was gone. Yeah. And I was in, it went from zero to 60 and it was horrible. I had no, it was terrible. I just have, like, I have never No lead in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I just remember like totally swearing and being like, I'm so sorry. Like in between contractions and they were like, it's okay. But I went and of course wanted the epidural after that. So I got the epidural around nine thirty. So looking back now, I did have four hours of Pitocin contractions, which was kind of crazy. I hadn't really realized it was that long, Yeah. but long story short, got the epidural. They checked me and I was four to five. Oh, I also wanted to mention when I first got to the hospital, I was, 80% of face and three centimeters dilated. So I was probably on my way to going into labor on my own. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's partly why I'm like, like, I wish so much. Anyway, there's no, you know, you can't do anything about it. But I really wish that I had not made that decision to induce. But regardless, so when they checked me at 
at 9.30, I was four to five centimeters dilated. So they went ahead and did that and they got the epidural and then they said, okay, we'll come back in a few hours and we'll see how you progress. So I got some sleep and, you know, they were trying to move me around, but they weren't doing a whole lot. I had the peanut ball, I think, but then at 1.30, 1 o'clock, 1.30, they came in and I was still at a four to five. I still hadn't progressed past that, but I also, my baby was starting to have non-reassuring heart tones, so they went ahead and basically, long, very long story short, said, okay, we need to do the C-section. So I was a hot mess <laughs> for that first, for that C-section. I literally had all, I was like, give me the drugs, I'm terrified. And they gave me those things, anti, you know, anti-anxiety oh, yeah. <laughs> drugs where I was all zen, except for the fact that I hadn't realized it was going to make me so loopy, but... So in my head, I'm like, oh, this is great. This is so fun. Like, you know, I was so hot. This is, whew, it was bad. But I, so for me, when I first met my daughter, there was definitely a disconnect there. Um, mm-hmm. I just kind of was like, oh, she's nice. Like, it was really strange and it was really heartbreaking to not have this love that I had so much, for, had for her so much in my belly that when she came out, I almost just didn't feel a thing. And that, that kind of happened or stayed that way for a few days and weeks after that so that was really disappointing but you know eventually things did get better so leading into my next pregnancy I got pregnant this or March of 2018 and um, we had been planning that we would have a second child within the next few months but it was sort of like a oh earlier than expected kind of surprise so we were definitely you know excited obviously and I knew pretty much the moment I got pregnant, I'm like, things are going to be different this time, and I'm going to do everything I can to get the VBAC. And I basically was obsessed with it from day one. I started researching optimal optimal positioning basically right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I did all the things, basically. I was like, this is going to be a different pregnancy. The only thing I didn't really do differently, honestly, is I didn't change my nutrition all that much, which maybe should have done that, but I just didn't do that. <laughs> so I don't know. But, you know, maybe that could have changed things. I also stuck with my same care provider, which, you know, he's he's great. He, you know, he was, he's a good OB. He, he is, or I, I've known to be very um, pro-VBAC, pro you know, natural birth within the community. However, there were still the, um, you know, as I went to different appointments with him, he did say things like, oh, well, we'll see, like, we'll give it a try or we'll, you know, you you, tr- you gave it a go last time, but we'll see how it goes. And it was just kind of mm-hmm. like, okay. Yeah. Like, uh, a little bit know, of like red fine. flag. Yeah. Right, exactly. And I should have, you know, as time went on and I was reading more about providers and listening, especially to your podcast, I was like, ooh, <laughs> there are just little things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, things like, oh, you know, he was, he, after some pressing, he did say that he would let me go to 42 weeks um, without doing anything, but he did, had scheduled a repeat C-section for the end of that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was not happy with that, but yeah. okay, whatever, fine. But I started, to, you know, from especially as 
time went on, like I didn't recline on any sofas. I was sitting with my back, you know, <laughs> against the sofa. I have I was, been there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was doing all the like spinning baby. Um, oh man, you should know. My brain's not working right now. Um, but the sideline releases and just trying to just stay on all fours. Like it was crazy. And I was very uncomfortable, really, for most of the third trimester because of that. Yeah. Um, I made my work get me a like a, an exercise ball to sit in because I work part time, and they let me do that. So it was it was crazy, but I was so intense intent on doing it. I had six dates a day starting at thirty six weeks. I was drinking red raspberry leaf tea. I was just doing everything. So again, and I was also a lot more calm in general this pregnancy though. Like I was really praying a lot through it and, you know, getting a lot of great support from my church community. And that was a huge difference than my first pregnancy. And so I really feel like that God really helped me to just stay more present with this pregnancy. So that anxiety that I had before was really not a factor, which was a very big blessing. But the crazy thing was that I... At 36 weeks, I was I did decline all cervical checks, so I told them right, him right away, like, listen, I'm not getting checked, <laughs> basically. Like, he came, I went in and said, like, I'm not doing it, and he was like, oh, okay. And I was a little bit, a little bit firm and a little bit, you know, but I was also like, I wasn't about to be, you know, checked without him. You know, I just, I didn't, I knew I didn't want that because it would just mess my head, and I would get freaked out, and I, you know, I'd be thinking about everything and. So I had no idea how dilated or how, how not dilated I was because I knew it didn't mean anything. So he had like 34 weeks. He was like, oh, it looks like your baby's sort of transverse breach. And I was like, oh, great. Like, that's fabulous. Are you serious right now? So I went back and did the breach till and, you know, did all that. Came back two weeks later and the baby was, at least from palpation, was head down at that point. And then he didn't really check via palpation until the next few weeks. But I would feel these really big movements, and I just didn't really know what was going on. But I just figured, oh, but he, he I had a lot more pressure, and I was had a lot more um, discharge and stuff going down, um, down there. So I thought, oh, things have to be different this time. So I went and basically at... 38 weeks and six days I was it was a Thursday night or a Wednesday night I had been at home and I really hadn't felt the baby move at all for mm. hours and I got really really worried obviously you know at that point it really had been hours so I ended up going to the hospital to get checked out and you know of course thank goodness everything was fine but they found out there that he was breech so mm. it was they were just like Oh, he's breech. I'm so sorry. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there sobbing my eyes out because I was like, yeah. oh, I'm not going to have a C-section. I'm not doing this. Like, I was literally, and I was also by myself because my husband was home with my daughter who mm. was asleep in the middle of the night. So it was rather dramatic. And they probably thought I was this crazy, like, person because apparently the next We're day they like, sent a long email to my OB. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They, like, send email. They're, like, she was a little bit upset. I was, like, great. You know, but I was. I was, like, you know, you, I was so dead, you know, just my heart was so set on it. Um, 
But so they're like, well, we can try an ECV. So the next day I went back to do the, an ECV and he was still breached when we got there. So they did the t- tributylene and they, you I know. I remember talking to you during this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we were messaging all through this. It was crazy. Yes. Because I, I don't know. I, I don't know why I thought, oh, I can just talk to them. But I, I was like, I can't think of anyone else to talk to. No, we're I mean, so I glad had, you like, turned all my other, <laughs> Well, thank And I had my other friends, too. They were probably like, what's wrong? Why are you messaging? Anyway, it was crazy. But I was at the ECV and everything was, you know, I was so nervous and they got the tribuline shot in me and he was literally about to turn him and he put his hands on my belly and my baby was like transverse with his head on my right side and he flipped like literally a second before he was about to do it and they were all like, oh, he's head down and I thought they were joking. I literally was like, ha ha. (laughs) They were like, no, he really is head down. He's like, so, it was, you know, everyone was cheering. Everyone was excited. We had prayed right before. And so my OB was like, oh, maybe it was that prayer that did it. I was like, yeah, it probably was, actually. Um, but mm-hmm. he was head down. So I was like, right. So that was 38 weeks and six. That was 39 weeks, actually. So I was all ready to go after that in my head. So time went on. I did have a doula. Also, I wanted to mention that. I don't think I did. But I did have a doula this time. So she was there as well, which is really helpful. Yeah. Um, but at 39, so 39 weeks, that was that. And I had a feeling slash was planning on the baby being overdue anyway, just because that's what happened last time. So I wasn't as surprised this time when my due date came and went, although I was insanely, like it was, my hormones were just so out of whack, but I was, so convinced the baby was not going to come on his own. Um, <laughs> I knew that he had to come on his own, and I was just a wreck, which is one of the other re- one of the other times that I reached out to you guys because, and I am slightly embarrassed about yeah, that. Yeah, no, I remember that. I was like, it's oh, so real. God. Like everybody, I think has that moment. So many women do. You, you are definitely not alone. <laughs> it's just crazy, mm-hmm. you know. You, you think. And there's nothing quite like it, especially after the due date when people, when do you do? And, you know, all of my friends that have been pregnant ever since, I just don't ask them that. And I'm just like, let's let you know, I'm not going to bother you, but you're doing a great job. It's going to be okay. Because it's like, no one told me about the craziness that is (laughs) going over your due date. And I was literally crying one moment and at peace the next. And it was just crazy. But at 40 weeks and two days, I walked the mall on with my doula, we walked and walked and walked, like laps and laps, it seemed. Um, and I'd gone to a reflexology appointment that morning, kind of out of desperation, because I was like, I'm going to try something. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and I'd also been, I don't know if you follow or have heard of Mama, Na- Mama Natural, but I'm sure you mm-hmm. guys probably have. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a recipe for Labor Day tea. Yeah. Um, so I think I was, so I was drinking that, which I think is like, it was like something like four cups of water to one cup of loose leaf raspberry leaf tea. And so I was drinking that. It was gross. (laughs) But I was like, I'm going to chug this down. And I kept on throwing it up because my baby clearly didn't like it. Um, (laughs) And I still did. And I was like, you're coming out. Like, it doesn't mean anything. But nothing seemed to happen. The reflexology, you know, nothing happened right after that. Nothing really happened after the small. But... I really just was hoping I would go into labor on my own, and I 
remember my mom and my mom was here at the time and my husband and I were like eating s'mores that night. And I remember just being like, oh, you know, whenever it happens, it's going to happen. I just sort of let it go, of course. So at three o'clock in the morning, the next day at 40 weeks and three days, I woke up and I remember waking up and being like, okay, I'm just going to pray that this baby comes today. So I prayed and five minutes later, I had a contraction. Oh, wow. wow. Your prayers are powerful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, well, at first I was like, oh, what is this? Because like, it felt different than my Braxton Hicks, which I've been having. Um, but I was like, oh, it's fine. And then I had another one. And it was still pretty sporadic. But they would start in my lower back. And they would be mainly in my lower back, but some in my abdomen. But I remember feeling that these are different. You know, they're banding around instead of just not. But they were very inconsistent. So they would go from, you know, five every five, like five minutes to 12 minutes. 15 mm-hmm. back to seven i'm um, even that early on and i thought that was odd but i just sort of let it go and that sort of happened all morning i remember my daughter woke up actually crying at one point around five o'clock which is not normal for her um but she ended up in our bed and it was actually really sweet it's a really nice memory that i have actually is she was lying next to me and we were just talking about something and mm. she had held my hand and then I had a contraction and it was a pretty intense one even back even at that time um and I remember just feeling like wow this is a crazy experience to be ha- contracting like with my daughter here mm-hmm. about yeah. it was just weird <laughs> but it was a beautiful thing and I was really amazed and excited that I was actually going into labor on my own that my body knew what to do and that it was doing it and I was just convinced I'm like this is gonna happen it's gonna happen they peed it out a little bit a little bit and so throughout that morning I ended up taking a nap I ate a giant breakfast because I was like I'm gonna eat I'm gonna make sure I'm nourished and I had been hoping to have a completely unmedicated vaginal birth this time so I you know was preparing for that and I wanted to stay home as long as possible Mm -hmm. so we went to Target we're walking around Target. I have to start leaning over on the Target counters. <laughs> um, I literally got stares. It was pretty awesome. Um, but I didn't think at the time, oh, like maybe I should be, you know, wondering about this. I literally wasn't thinking that. So I kept on laboring. And then I went to the chiropractor that evening around 4.30. And she did a, another adjustment because I didn't mention that either. But I was also going to doing the Webster technique every week. So she went and did the final adjustment. And she, I said, oh, you know, I, I'm in labor. I really hope this, these, you know, this gets things started. She's like, yeah, it probably will. And, I'm, you know, in my head, I think I was thinking, oh, well, probably won't. But, you know, nice, nice of you to like, say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, at 4.30, 4.45, I... As I was leaving, I start. I noticed that they were definitely getting more intense. And I, even as I got to the chiropractor, I was having, having to start like swaying through them. And the hilarious thing was that there was um, there was like the the waiting room was full of like these big burly dudes. Like it happened to be that day. <laughs> and so I literally at one point was like swaying, and they probably were like, "What?" Because, and I didn't, you know, I wasn't necessarily moaning or anything, like, thank gosh, at that point. But it was a little, I must have looked really funny. Because I couldn't, I remember 
not being able to stand on my feet, um, on the soles of my feet. And so I kind of had to tiptoe around, and I think they were like, hmm, that's weird. Um, but anyway, I after I came back from the chiropractor, we had dinner. I had been calling my doula at the time and been like, I don't know, they're getting really strong, they're over a minute, because they were, they were at that point, when I got back from dinner around 4, 35 o'clock, or from the chiropractor, they were at least 60 seconds long, and getting very intense, but they weren't five minutes apart, and my doctor had said, wait till they're five minutes apart, so I was like, oh, well, they're not five minutes apart, Uh, I still have forever, I'm probably not even dilating yet, so... I had gotten some bloody show as well, and then I, so at least that made me feel like, okay, we actually are in labor here. We had dinner, it was some soup, I think, and then we went out to just relax, and we watched some episodes of The Office, so it's my favorite show, so we were like, okay, we'll just watch The Office, it will be totally, you know, get my mind off things, and I think we got maybe halfway through one episode, and I started having just they were so intense. If my husband was not putting counter pressure on my back, the moment a contraction started, I would flip out. So I, you know, it was, it was all on my back. I was having pretty much entirely back labor. It was horrible. And they were really, really long. So they were between 60 to 90 seconds and very intense, but then they'd be very inconsistent in terms of time and or frequency. So Long story short, um, my doula came after I talked to her and she said, okay, well, why don't you, why don't I come over? So she finally came over. But from the time that she left to the time I, that she got to my house, it was about 20 minutes and around nine, 9.30-ish, my husband was basically like frantically packing the hospital bag. Like he was, it was so funny. He's a really calm, really supportive guy, but he was literally just like throwing things as he went, and I was like, why is God, like, why are you freaking out? We're probably not even going to have this baby today. He was like, what are you talking about? Like, we're having the baby. And he was telling me, like, right before my doula got there, he's like, I don't care. You know, she's not here. We need to go to the hospital right now. Because I was in very visible physical pain. I was swearing a lot um, <laughs> and screaming. And it was, my mother had a C-section with me. And so she was sitting there, like, just like, Ooh. <laughs> Don't have any idea like what to do. Long story short, we decided to go to the hospital um, around 9:30. So right when my doula got there, so we we she got there and then we went um, to the hospital. And as we were going, they suddenly became every four minutes, and it was very sudden. And it was like four minutes, four minutes, and they were very intense. So we got to the hospital. I literally burst out of the elevator into. A- labor and delivery in the middle of a giant contraction so I was like that lady that it was actually really satisfying um to go in and have that experience and but I still thought I'm probably you know barely anything like I barely dilated last time like one of the odds and my doula was like yeah I really think you're further along than you think you are and I was like oh no whatever there's no way so we get to triage, and I had not been checked, of course, my entire pregnancy. So this resident came in, or I think she's a resident, and she was just like, okay, we're going to check you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Do you know if your baby is head down? 
And I think I knew, for some reason, I think I just knew. The moment he asked that question, I just had this feeling that mm. I was like, oh, you know, he, I think so. And she's like, you think so? And I was like, yeah, well, I kind of have babies that have unstable lives. It's kind of flipped from position to position. So I, I don't actually know. So they're like, okay, let's get the ultrasound. So anyway, she, in the meantime, she went and checked me. And I guess when I was there, right before she checked me, I had, I've been, I was having monster contractions and I remember I was leaning over the triage bed and the nurse had asked me, do you feel like you have to, like, do you feel like you have to go to the bathroom? And I thought it was a weird question. And I, I was like, no, like not really. And she was like, do you feel pressure? I'm like, yes, I feel pressure, but I don't feel like I have to go to the bathroom. And, you know, she was like watching me very carefully and I didn't really understand at the time. But then when the resident came in, she checked me and she said, well, you're eight centimeters. <laughs> and oh, I wow. literally was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you made it to eight centimeters all on your own. I can't believe you did that. And I was like, I nearly said, well, of course I did that. That's what we're supposed to do. But I didn't, yeah. I didn't say that. <laughs> I was like, but I was like, well, you know. I was so excited, and then she said, but, you know, um, we need to check your, the position of your baby. And there's an ultrasound, and I remember there was, like, this pause. My husband and my doula was just, were just staring at the ultrasound. I kind of was looking at it, but I couldn't really see anything. And they said that, um, you know, after a while, she said, well, you know, your baby is transferred. Mm. Um, and... I think in my head, I was like, well, that's fine. We can try and turn him. Like, in my head, I, I at first, I didn't go immediately to panic mode. Mm -hmm. But she was so blase about it. She literally said, oh, he's transverse. I'm so sorry. I think it's a C-section. And I was like, no, I mean, there's not, that's not going to work. <laughs> like, I'm going for my V-back. And she's like, yeah, I understand that you want a vaginal birth, but... I just really don't think we should. And then I was just getting really overwhelmed. But they had the um, the attending physician come in, and she basically talked to me about it. And I was sobbing at this point. But basically, they were afraid of my water breaking because I was at eight centimeters. And if my water had broken, um, it's really possible that there could have been a cord prolapse. At least that's what they were worried about. So I did agree to the C-section at that point. I do often wonder if maybe they could have turned, offered to turn him in the operating room, but I didn't ask at the time, obviously. Mm -hmm. I continued to have horrible contractions. I'm pretty sure I went into transition at that time. While they're trying to put an IV in me, they had to twi try twice because the first one blew out. It was horrible, mm -hmm. but I eventually got all set, and then they said, okay, well, do you want a wheel to the operating room I said no I'm walking and I told them oh and I'm also I'd really I want skin to skin can you please arrange that for me and they're like oh I don't know I'm like yeah can you please arrange that for me and they're like oh okay um and they did but I walked myself to the OR and because I didn't want to feel like a you know I want to remain in control of this birth. Yeah. so I walked in and I walked you know sat myself on the table and you know, got the final block and everything, and was just talking with all the. It was really weird. It was a lot calmer than my previous experience, obviously. 
And I told them I wanted to be very alert and awake. And so they went and they went ahead and he was born um, at 1137, 1127 on December 10th. And, you know, I was able to see him. They were, the lady with the, on call, Obi was actually really kind. She knew I wanted to see him right away, so she did lower the drape. Um, I was able to get him on my chest. I couldn't really maneuver the skin-to-skin part, but at least he was on my chest. Yeah. And he wasn't taken away from me like my daughter had been for a little bit. So that was a really good experience in terms of, you know, that. The the physical pain kind of, of the C-section, the recovery was a little bit better as well. But I felt very at peace at the time. It was only the next day that I completely sort of lost it and was like, wait a minute, I didn't get what I had dreamed of for so long. And so now, you know, ever since then, I remember just being, and I'm still now, you know, things like I left a lot of my VBAC support groups on Facebook because I couldn't see all the success stories. They were really hard for me to see. Pampers commercials. If I see a Pampers commercial, I have to look away. Mm. Um, you know, I'm five weeks out and I'm still pretty early. On, so I know it's going to be a long time to process. I, I do, I'm, you know, my husband and I haven't necessarily said that we're done having babies. So there is definitely a chance that we'll have a third. But if we do, it will be several years from now. Not only because I want to heal physically, but also emotionally. Yeah. So, it's just been a, a crazy ride. I mean, I had so many ups and downs, especially the last few weeks. Yeah. It's hard for me not to think, why do I keep on having this unstable eye issue? You know, like, is it, does my body make too much fluid? Are my abdominals all lax? Like, do I have to be more in shape or something? Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm a pretty small person. I'm five feet tall. So the fact that I have this issue and I also have larger babies, my uh, daughter was eight. Eight six, and my son was seven seven. So they're not tiny; they're not giant babies. But no. for a five, yeah. you know, five feet tall girl, it's, you know, pretty big. So especially for them to have so much space to move, like that's the craziest part. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just been a really hard situation. And at the same time, I can have you know, I do have some perspective um, on it now. Obviously, like I can't believe that my water never broke that whole time even through transition it never broke which is incredible because they were just with every contraction everyone was just waiting because if that had been the case I would have been knocked out so I really obviously didn't want that to happen and I have gotten a lot of the well if you have a happy a healthy baby blah blah Mm. blah so I get that a lot from a lot of very well of course you do yeah and you know it's true of course but it's every person who's ever had a c-section that's like really not the best thing to hear all the time obviously and it is so hard to try and explain that and I had to explain that even to my husband who he was very supportive and was disappointed as well of course but he he was just like well he's healthy and you're healthy and I was like okay but no one seems to be understanding that part that it sucks (laughs) that I didn't get this and you know because I have perspective now it probably sounds like I'm a lot more at peace (laughs) with it than I really am. I think I'm still very, I am very much still in the grieving process. Yeah. But I guess I would just want to tell anyone who's had this happen where they've had a feedback, so a cesarean birth after cesarean, um, that 
there's still obviously a strong, like you're saying, you're still a strong mother, you're still a mm-hmm. strong woman, and it's not, we've all been there, you know, make, having a choice of getting cut open is a very difficult, and it's crazy, you know, really when you think about it, but I think I, I wanted, I don't know, it's really hard to put it into words, but I, I feel like it's a unique grief to try to go for something like a VDAC mm-hmm. and not get it, especially because there is such a high success rate there. You know, it's easy yeah, to be like, yeah. what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. What could I have done differently, et cetera. Yeah. But I guess I would want to tell whoever is struggling with this or who's gone through this, that you're not alone and that I am, I totally understand. And that, you know, there's still, even if there, even if I don't have any other children, which I hope I do, it's not easy for me to think about not having any more children actually right now. I really want to keep that door open because mm-hmm. I think for me that that's hard to even go to, you know, I can't even go there mm-hmm. emotionally, but yeah. you know, knowing that that's part of, it's all part of our stories and I'm very grateful I was able to go into labor on my own. That was a huge part of it. So yeah, I'm sorry. That went way longer than I thought it was. No, no you're fine. Right. <laughs> you know, as you're as you're finishing your story, there's just so much going through my mind, you know, because I have been there. I was that mom that walked down to the OR for the second time. And, you know, and it was hard. And I also got the, you know, as long as you're healthy, as long as baby's healthy, which we know is the ending goal. And and really, it does matter, right? We mm-hmm. want everyone healthy and happy, but that didn't change the way I felt inside. So I just remember, I was just kind of reflecting back as you're telling your story. I was like, yep, I have literally been there. And and it is hard, and it is a process. And I remember also, like, you know, in my VBAC groups, wanting to say so badly, I did it, I did it, I did it, and had to say... I ended in a repeat cesarean, and mm-hmm. that was really hard for me. And I found myself kind of wanting to, for a little bit, kind of discontinue my following of those groups. But, you know, I, I was actually just in an interview the other day with a client and telling, you know, she asked me why I became a doula. And, and I was telling her, you know, I did have these two cesareans, but I'll tell you what, it made me to be the person that I am today. I wouldn't be mm-hmm. here right now with Julie sitting here talking to you on this podcast if I, I didn't have so those two cesareans. <laughs> and so al- although they weren't ideal births, um, you know, the births that I, I desired, I am so grateful for my beautiful babies. And I am grateful for the journey that it has brought me on because it's an amazing one. And I'm so proud of you for sharing your story and your vulnerabilities because, like I said, I remember I I was there and, and it is hard and it is hard. But um, to all the women who have had multiple cesareans and had to have that, that uh, situation where you're like, oh, this is not what I wanted, you know, yeah. um, you are women of strength and you are powerful and we love you. I just think it's important to point out, too, that you can be so happy that you have a healthy baby and you can also be sad and mourn the loss of a birth experience that you worked so hard for. And those two emotions are not mutually exclusive. And it, they're really complicated. And sometimes it's like a messy place to be in because you feel guilty for feeling sad 
And then sometimes you feel guilty for for feeling happy. And and you're right, Jen. You said it. The, you know, you're in the grief process right now, and it's true. You you have to follow that flow and let yourself feel all those emotions, and and not limit yourself to one of them because happiness. And the sense of loss and the feeling of loss, they can exist together. Yes. And it's important to remember that. And um, we talked about it um, in an earlier episode um, about the book, um, How to Heal a Bad Birth. And if you, uh, we recommend this to like every mom who's had, had a cesarean or had a birth that didn't just, just didn't go the way they wanted it to. It is amazing so you can buy it on amazon we don't get like any commission or kickback for (laughs) referring this book we just really think it's amazing so so if you have some trauma make sure that you read that book because it is truly inspiring and also effective i wanted to just talk a little bit about um making sure that your baby or that you're, you're encouraging your baby to be in a great position before labor starts. And you know what, guys? Jen did, like, everything. I mean, if you go back and listen to her story again, maybe you already caught it or maybe you're taking notes because I feel like I was, like, writing things down to make sure I didn't miss whatever <laughs> I, you know, remember. But she talked about, you know, chiropractic care is so important to make sure that your spine and your skeletal frame is in proper alignment so everything can work effectively. She talked about having good posture, sitting on birth balls, that slouching over that like we all do. We're like sitting on a couch watching Netflix, eating bowl of chocolate ice cream. I mean, hypothetically here, you know, you, you're getting in that comfortable position and you're slouching over. Um, she talked about, you know, going in and checking baby's position and doing the um, techniques from spinning babies and the miles circuit in order to encourage baby to be head down and in an anterior position. Walking is a great way to encourage those hips to open and get that relaxing hormone working together too. And you guys, there are so many great things in Jen's story that can help get that baby in a great position. And a lot of times they work, but sometimes for whatever reason, they don't. And it can feel really defeating to not get something that you worked so hard for. And Mm -hmm. so Megan and I, we are here for you. We want you to feel free to message us on Instagram. You can email us info at the VBAC link. You can contact us through our website, thevbacklink.com. And I just want to throw a little shout out for our VBAC preparation classes and our VBAC doula certification program. You can find it at thevbacklink.com as well. Those will all help you prepare. But like I said, sometimes it's just bad luck. Sometimes it's just mm-hmm. bad luck. And, you know, Jen, you did nothing wrong. And I know that it's really easy to look back and feel like you did or do the what ifs. You know, what if I did this? What if I didn't do that? But, you know, it's, it is what it is. And you said that. You said that during your story, and it's not your fault. It is not your fault. And I wish for you to have as many more babies as you want. Mm -hmm. And I I want to stay connected with you, and we want to keep updated of your journey as well. And we love you so much. Yes, thank you so much. We we really (laughs) do love you, and we've loved being a part of your journey. And, you know, that day that the baby flipped all on his own. We were like, yes, yes. yes. You know, we were over here cheering with you. So we appreciate you. We love you. And congratulations on your sweet baby boy. 
Yes, he's so cute. Thank you so much. <laughs> Interested in sharing your VBAC? Head over to the vbaclink.com slash share to submit your story. For information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to the vbaclink.com. Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.